Welcome into Bearcat Rewind, episode number 79 of our podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. And you know, it's fun working on a college campus because there are so many different backgrounds, folks from all over the country right here in Maryville to work at Northwest Missouri State or to earn an education. And today's guest grew up on the East Coast, spent some time in the desert out west, and has now found a home right in between. We are joined by Matt Canella, the new head athletic trainer for the Bearcats. But he's not new to Northwest. Matt's worked with the Bearcat baseball team since 2019. He's also assisted Liz Heverin with the Northwest football team. And his resume speaks for itself. He got his undergrad from Keene University. From there, he received his master's from West Virginia, which is where his connection to Northwest actually comes from. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. He was a student intern with the New York Giants back in 2012, and he was a seasonal athletic trainer for the Detroit Lions in 2015. But then he stepped away from the traditional side of athletic training and moved on to something a little bit different. Matt headed out to Las Vegas and provided his training services to Cirque du Soleil and the Chris Angel Mind Freak Live Show. So a very diverse background working with some different athletes out in Nevada. But he eventually moved on to Newberry College in South Carolina, which was his last stop before coming to Northwest Missouri State. So this was a lot of fun talking with Matt and learning about some of his non-traditional athletic training days. And I think you'll enjoy it as well. We want to let you know that Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Matt Canella is our guest discussing the connections out east that linked him back to Northwest Missouri State. The long line of head athletic trainers that have been instrumental in the Bearcat Athletic Department and some of the rare stops he's had along the way. Today in the podcast, we welcome in Matt Cannell, the new Northwest Missouri State University head athletic trainer. Matt, thanks for coming on the podcast with us, and congrats on the new gig. I'm sure a little bit different than your first couple years at Northwest working with Kelly Quinlan, but now kind of stepping into that role, it uh, has to be a little different now. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it's it's certainly been a little different. Uh, it's kind of weird not having Kelly around. Obviously, she's kind of been a staple here at Northwest, and being here for two years before, it's been been great to to have her as a mentor and and also as a friend. So it's been it's a little weird of a change, but it's it's an exciting new opportunity and adventure for me. So whenever you come to Northwest Missouri State, and prior you're at Newberry College in South Carolina, but the the opening comes open. You come to Northwest. You arrive in the summer of 2019. I mean, Kelly is very established at that point. Did you think that there's a potential that? within a couple of years that that position would be coming open or was this a surprise to you as well? It was a total surprise to me. Uh, when she'd initially, uh, had told me about it, I, I kind of just paused for a second and, and didn't really know what to say. And then obviously we had a conversation and she talked to me about it and everything. And, you know, she'd encouraged me that I, I should look at to it, look at applying. And, um, <clears throat> I spoke to my wife about it and, you know, obviously the rest is kind of, history of what happened but absolutely not i did not expect to um, become head athletic trainer two years after being here or or leaving or not having kelly here i mean when we left or we were looking at at a new job for me at northwest um, we came out here mostly because of kelly Um, so a little background about kelly and i um, we both had gone to west virginia for grad school 
and we both worked at the same clinic, so we had a lot of the same mentors. So when this job opened up, I'd talk to them, and they'd, I'd said, you know, Kelly Quinlan's the head athletic trainer, and, and they all just raved about her and said it would be a great opportunity for me to learn from her and just to continue in my personal education. So um, obviously Northwest is a uh, has a great history and sports tradition and also an athletic training tradition um, going back to Bud Tice, Sandy in D.C. as well as Kelly. And so coming out here, it was, it was mainly to help to work with Kelly um, just to get that experience. So you both got the Masters out in West Virginia, but different times. So you didn't actually know her until the interview process. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. We, um, we both had a lot of, we had the same mentors because um, we both worked at the same uh, physical therapy clinic to do outreach at a high school. Um, we worked at different high schools. Um, I was in uh, Marion County, and she was in uh, Morgantown working at high school. But, uh, but yeah, there was a, a difference in timing for that. Well, and you mentioned Bud, Sandy, D.C., then and Kelly stepping away now, but a long line of really well-respected head athletic trainers here at Northwest Missouri State and just training staffs in general. What kind of responsibility now do you feel as you step into that role and kind of want to carry that on? Well, absolutely. I mean, that's my main focus is to just, you know, obviously I want to continue what they've done and the legacy that they've done because there is a huge athletic training excellency here, not just with our heads, but with our alumni and, and former students as well. So, you know, continuing that is, is paramount for me, but also trying to put my own little twist on it um, going forward. But I think kind of a cool fact I was thinking about the other day, um, I believe Bud Tice was a head, head football at West Virginia for a few years, and then I don't believe Sandy has any connection to WVU. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I know D.C., had gone to West Virginia, Kelly had gone to West Virginia, and myself. So four of the past five head athletic trainers all have West Virginia ties, um, which I, I, I kind of thought that was kind of kind of cool. That is interesting, just kind of that connection out there, and they just keep churning them out and, and ending up here at Northwest Missouri State, which is uh, so cool overall. And You're in the Midwest now. I mentioned before you're out in South Carolina. You lived on the, the western portion of the United States as well, but originally from up in New York. Did you ever picture yourself growing up that you said, you know what, I want to live smack dab in the middle of the U.S.? <laughs> no, I, I I never thought I would live in the Midwest. Um, having met my wife, we'd met at West Virginia, and, you know, her and I would always talk. She's got family out in the Midwest, and um, she's always wanted to live out here. She actually went to University of Kansas for undergrad, so if you're a Mizzou fan, please don't hold it against her. Um, <laughs> but, uh but no, I, I didn't think I would, but I also, you know, I didn't, I'd love to be home back in New York, but I also, you know, wanted to explore and see what else was out there. And so it's been an interesting ride the past 10 years as far as, you know, being able to see different things and go different places. And, and it, like I said, it, it's been a very interesting ride the past 10 years. Well, and, and before jumping into that, because I've got a few questions because you've had some some interesting positions um, throughout your career, but when we look at this current Northwest Missouri State athletic training staff with you taking over that head role, Kelly steps away, Nick Peters heads back to his family farm there in Kansas. There's a couple new faces there within the athletic training staff, but for the most part, a lot of the same faces, the same voices, and, and so as Bearcat fans head out to games, it'll still be generally that same crew and the same things being handed down from, from one 
tradition down to the other of, you know, hey, we're still taking care of the players in a certain manner and still making sure that uh, their health and safety is number one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, being able to provide the highest level of care that we can is, is crucial for our department, and it's a standard that we've been, we're going to upkeep going forward. Whenever you think about the continuity also, how big is that, just working with players and coaches and then having that trust in, in yourself and your staff? Continuity of care is, is the biggest thing that we have. I mean, the biggest part of our job is the relationships and the, the, the relationships that you're building with these student athletes. Um, they need to be able to trust you. They need to be able to trust that what you're saying is, you know, is correct, but also have the trust and the faith that you you have their best interest in mind. So, you know, that that's one of the biggest part of the job is is that whole piece and. Um, that was one of our, our biggest reasons that we wanted to bring Kelly Griffith on board. She was our GA uh, for a year and has a year left to go, but um, she's fit in perfectly since day one. I mean, I felt like Kelly's been a part of our staff for forever, and like I said, she kind of just hit the ground running. So for us to be able to bring her on full-time was, was huge for us because it gives us the continuity where we're not bringing in another brand-new athletic trainer to the system and it's, it's somebody that our student-athletes know and are comfortable with and are comfortable with going to if they have any issues or anything like that. So that, that was a, just a, a very good addition for us, I believe. So you mentioned as you kind of step in here, it's kind of keep that same care and attention to detail that Northwest trainers have had for so many generations um, prior, but also a chance to maybe throw in your own spin on a few certain things. And whenever you look at your background, it's it's more than just kind of that traditional athletic training of working with, you know, baseball team or a volleyball team or football or, or whatever. You've kind of had a few different experiences, which especially out in Las Vegas, working with uh, Cirque du Soleil a little bit, also the Chris Angel Mind Freak live show out there in Las Vegas. Not exactly what you think of when you think of uh, a training staff. How did you end up in Las Vegas with uh, a few more bizarre jobs, I guess, for your career. Right. So um, I did a, a seasonal internship or a seasonal assistant position right out of grad school with the Lions. And at that time, I I really wanted to work pro football and uh, was looking at a couple of different opportunities. And I was looking at college jobs, football jobs. Um, <clears throat> got offered a couple of football jobs. It just It didn't seem what I was looking for or the jobs I was offered didn't really fit, I guess you could say. Um, and then opportunity at Cirque du Soleil had opened up and I talked to my head athletic trainer over in Detroit and he'd ended up knowing somebody out there. And so I'd spoke to her and I had a couple interviews and I'll say they're probably some of the hardest interviews I've ever had trying to work out there. Cause it's, it's just a specific skill set that they're looking for. And, um, you know, it, it turned out that I, I guess I, I accepted the job on a Monday. It was a Monday evening and she'd at the time, the senior head therapist had, had asked if I could be out there on Thursday. So I said, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I wasn't doing anything. I was sitting home in New York. And so I, uh, got a plane ticket, packed my car up, shipped it out. And I was out there within two days into Las Vegas, just trying to, to figure out what I was going to do next. So that, that was really how it ended up me getting out there and, and it turned out to be probably one of the best experiences for my career. Um, hands down. I think 
working for Cirque du Soleil, it kind of changed my my mind and mindset as a clinician and a athletic trainer, and it, it really forced me to to get better and to you know it, it's just a drive to constantly get better and learn and you want to stay on top of things because you're dealing with people who who are doing things that the average person that you or I would would think would be crazy. You know, there's a an act, for example, in the show O at the Bellagio that I worked, where it's called Washington Trapeze, where essentially there's a performer balancing on their head on a swing as it's swinging across a stage. And so thinking about just being able to balance on your hands, let alone balance on your head on a moving object. So the level of, of athletes that you're working with at that level is enticing enough to go there. And then obviously, um, living in Las Vegas wasn't, uh, wasn't a bad perk either. <laughs> well, so it's crazy because you're thinking, you know what, I've, I've got this seasonal internship, Detroit lions. I want to work pro football. This is the dream. And it's some of the best athletes that the world has to offer. And maybe that doesn't click right away and happen. Then all of a sudden you end up in Las Vegas and you're seeing, athletes that are the best the world has to offer just in a slightly different setting. I mean, it's just crazy to think about what you would have seen night in and night out that, you know, for the average visitor coming through would blow their minds. And I imagine by a few shows in or, or to a certain point, maybe it's, it's easy to kind of take some of it for granted, but that just had to be amazing to watch every night and uh, holding your breath to make sure you didn't have to go out there to, to help someone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of those acts are, are some, some are male biters when you're you're watching some of these performers do their their craft essentially but yeah it was it was great i mean it was uh, a good opportunity and you know you got to see a lot of cool things i mean the biggest part of that whole experience you know they're looking for people with manual therapy skills rehabilitation skills and emergency management skills because they're you know you don't have just a, a prone or supine or a, an athlete who's on their stomach or on their back on a field you might have them 40 feet in the air or in a pool of water or an unstable surface or an unstable surface at height, you know, and those are things that we practice typically three to four times a month um, or weekly. We would have emergency skills trainings where we would have actual scenarios or skills that you would have to train. And then there's a process just to be able to cover a show um, to make sure you know how the show works and the emergency skills and procedures that happen at each show at each show. Um, so it's pretty intense, but, you know, look back at that sometimes and, and think, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of heights. Um, so, you know, being on a trapeze net 30 feet above the, uh, the deck doing the rescue isn't, wasn't, uh, the easiest thing in my career. So it, it's kind of, kind of crazy to look back and think that, you know, that was just a normal thing that we did at that point where you're just, you know, it's what you had to do and you're training to do these things in a real life scenario. So. Had you been to Las Vegas prior to that or even a Cirque du Soleil show, or was it all kind of just like, bam, everything happens at once and you're kind of in the thick of it? Uh, I'd been to the Cirque du Soleil show when I was younger in Vegas when I was younger. Um, and then I, I'd, I'd spent some time with them. Actually, when I was in college, I spent a day with them when a show called Zarkana was in Radio City. They were a touring show that was moving back to Las Vegas. So I got to spend a day with them while they were in, in New York. There's actually a funny story. One of the therapists there, um, he's a, so Cirque du Soleil is a Canadian-based company in Montreal, and so they employ a lot of athletic ther therapists, which is our counterpart in Canada. And uh, 
the one of the therapists there, his name is Terrell, he'd actually um, obviously went with them to Vegas and stayed, and then the show had closed, and he'd gotten a job at uh, working at O at the Bellagio. And so when I started, I mean, this was probably six years after that I, I initially met him, um, kind of just recognized each other from that point, and, and I actually got the opportunity to work with him as a full-time athletic trainer, and he's actually somebody, as well as a couple other therapists from Cirque, that I keep in contact with pretty regularly, and he's become a big mentor in my career. So it's, it's kind of cool how that transition changed from me being a student to a uh, to a colleague, and and having that mentorship relationship with him has been been pretty awesome. That's awesome, and just so many crazy experiences too. And, and was it just working uh, at the O, the Bellagio, and it kind of goes into, hey, you need a guy to work a show. There's an opening over here with the Chris Angel Mind Freak show, is it just kind of, hey, I can step in and help, or, or did that become a full-time gig for a while too? So actually when I um, was hired on at Cirque, I went there with the um, intention of working Chris Angel's Mind Freak Live. So initially it was Chris Angel Believe, um, and the therapist that was there initially was transitioning to go to another show. And so um, at that time it was called Believe, and they were transitioning to Mind Freak. So it was like a kind of like a creation period um and it's uh, creation periods are kind of unique opportunities where you're you're at the ground level of a show being installed and they're putting acts together and in our department you know we're trying to set up your department and you're trying to establish what emergency procedures or acts need to have an actual um, procedure developed specifically for that act um and then um, obviously developing your policies and procedures so that was kind of a unique opportunity because I actually got to go through a creation period. So I was specifically Chris Angel Mind Freak Live um, my whole time at Cirque. And then at, I think, my first summer there, they they wanted to have more availability to cover shows. So there was an initiative for us to learn another show so that if somebody went on vacation or needed uh, additional coverage, we could go provide that coverage and actually cover the show, not just treat patients. So, like I said, with that, it, it's a lengthy process to be able to cover a show, so you need to be able to have do all the rescues, and then there's certain positions where you have to watch the show and, and other things like that. Um, so they'd, they'd asked if I would want to learn to cover O, and I, I was like, absolutely. I mean, it's it's probably one of the, the biggest shows next to Mystere that they have, and um, it's kind of like the a staple of Cirque du Soleil. I mean, it's, it's a paramount show for them. And so, um, I've got to go there and I, I spent typically about anywhere from two to three days a week there. And, and I would still have my primary coverage responsibilities with Chris Angel, um, as far as meetings and making sure everything was, uh, running smoothly as far as our department. But, but that's kind of how it went went on. I initially was brought on for Chris Angel Mind Freak Live and then, helped with 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 O at the Bellagio that's awesome I mean that's that's like a lifetime full of experiences wrapped up into uh in just a (laughs) short time frame and it's hard to believe I would think living in Maryville is probably about the same speed as living in Las Vegas right absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it wasn't uh I mean it was it was a big big culture shock moving from Las Vegas to South Carolina uh we were in a a small town similar to Maryville uh size-wise and you know, I, I, I'll never forget, uh, I mean, I grew up in, in New York, uh, from Staten Island. I mean, it's a suburb of New York, but still New York and Vegas, my apartment, 
next to the highway. So, like, I'm used to hearing things. And I, I remember the first night we were in South Carolina at the house. I'm just like, I can't sleep. It's way too quiet. I need some <laughs> background noise or something. But uh, it definitely, it's been a ride. It's been cool. I mean, one of the coolest things I think I got to do, I went to, uh, they'd asked me to go to France. We'd started a partnership at Cirque du Soleil with a company called MSC Cruises. Is a is a cruise liner, I believe, out of Switzerland. I want to say, um, and they were doing a cruise around the Mediterranean. So they had asked me to go out there to kind of start up the department and kind of just get things going for the next athletic trainer that would come on board. So I went out to France um, for about about four or five weeks to kind of start the the project on the ship, which was the first time that they put a a show on ship on a ship. And so it was kind of kind of interesting to kind of work through a lot of the the troubleshooting as far as you know, what are we going to do as far as you know athletes just needing to see a physician are they going to see the onboard physicians or are we going to have contacts in the town when we're at sea versus while we're in dry dock um so the, it was a really cool troubleshooting and kind of problem solving gig but i don't think that's something i could do long term being at sea for eight to ten months out of the year <laughs> that'd be a little bit hard i would think but you think, oh, yeah. I would imagine going into athletic training, you wouldn't have imagined everything that you have done the last 10 years. And, and now to end up kind of a little bit more of a traditional role here in, in Maryville at Northwest Missouri State, but so many cool things that you've seen that you've experienced with this profession so far. Whenever you look at it, it and since you have had some experiences in this last year, you've, you've worked with football, but also uh, the primary baseball head athletic trainer over there too. What do you think is probably harder, watching those guys walk on that tightrope and, and do those things for Cirque du Soleil or, or trying to hit a curveball? <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on who you ask. I mean, <laughs> I certainly had trouble hitting the curveball when I played baseball. But, you know, it, it'd be a hard thing. I mean, it, I think it's it's just the challenges that you have to face when you're uh, an athlete. And, you know, you're just trying to work. In my job, I can't say things have necessarily changed. You know, obviously – you're tailoring rehabs to the athlete that you're working with and you're tailoring things to the population you're working with. So I'm still trying to get, get our pitchers or our players back to be able to, to get back to throwing or pitching or being able to hit a curveball versus getting somebody to be able to um, do a trapeze and, and catch or to be a trapeze catcher or a thrower or, you know, the, uh, you know, doing that Washington trapeze act that we talked about, but it, it, that part of the job, I don't think necessarily has changed. So, you know, my stress level watching some of these high level acts and thinking about the bad things can happen might be a little less, but you know, no more than, you know, when you're on the sideline for a football game, watching, watching guys hit each other or, you know, a close call where a baseball is centimeters away from a guy's head. You know, it's, it's kind of, I think it's just relative at that point. <laughs> well, one thing, we're looking forward to getting back and, and having a normal football season, having you out there on the sideline for that, and hopefully taking everything all the way through uh, to the end of the spring sports for this upcoming year, too, after having kind of a bizarre 2020 and 2021 to this point as well. So, uh, Matt, we, we appreciate the time, appreciate everything you do for Northwest Missouri State Athletics, and looking forward to seeing you out there for that first game on September 2nd. Perfect. Thank you so much. I look forward to it, too. Thanks again to Matt Canella for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. 
he and his athletic training staff are going to get very busy very soon because the fall sports season is right around the corner. Just last week was MIAA Football Media Day, and our last podcast actually had some interviews from Media Day, so check that out. We've also had Deputy AD Troy Caton, new Northwest Missouri State softball coach Naomi Tejas, and many more in our archive podcast, so check out those old episodes if you haven't just yet. Thank you to Northwest Professor Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro music, and thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>